There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Welcome to the Horticulture Week podcast. I'm Rachel Forsyth, Senior Reporter at Hort Week, and this week I'm joined by Melanie Asker, Managing Director at Greenwood Plants. Hi Mel, how are you doing? Hi Rachel, very, very well, thank you. Good, I'm so pleased to hear it. And you've you've kind of recently moved into a new role at Greenwood, right? You were the Director of Sales and Marketing, and now you've moved into Managing Director, which is really exciting you're a great person to kind of give us an overview of greenwood plants to to set the scene and start us off what kind of plants do you guys grow and who do you sell to predominantly so we actually we we grow an enormous selection of um, plants and trees pretty much everything you can think of apart from indoor plants oh wow and we, we yeah exactly uh, uh, but we sell predominantly to the landscape contractors who supply to the new build property sector uh, and then we increasingly do more commercial work and also infrastructure. So they are our key kind of three audiences, really. Okay. And um, is there something of, in particular that they want the most of? Is there something you're growing the most of? It's such a huge variety. But, I mean, we've got kind of a top 350 um, plants, basically, which are across most of our orders. So, yeah, it's a wide variety, but also we've got some really really popular plants that tend to be those that are more robust uh, look good uh, in a variety of different settings can withstand different kind of weather conditions you know so they're really good all-rounders that fulfill lots of different aspects really yeah because top top 100 sorry top 350 is is a big top but I guess it's (laughs) nice to hear that they're potentially picking plants that are suited for the environment rather than just putting in whatever they like the look of Oh, no, definitely. And I mean, even that changes, you know, we're still subject to different trends, yeah. uh, to, to different changes in society. So although we've got our, we call it our G range, our top 350 or so um, lines, you know, even now we're seeing kind of a trend for 
greater um, focus on those that bring biodiversity benefits, for example. Okay. Yeah. You know, so 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 things are constantly changing, and and it's very important for us to keep on top of of what our clients need. Yeah, and is that quite proactive on your part? Or are you getting constant feedback from clients? How does it all work? Yeah, definitely. I I think there are you know we've got clients with very very different demands it's something that's very important to us as well so yeah we try and keep as open lines of communication as possible with our clients just so we know that we can get exactly what they need and we're abreast of everything from a kind of topical or trend perspective as well very very important to our business yeah absolutely and it's obviously working pretty well because last year greenwood plants had a record-breaking year that's for orders sales and deliveries yeah yeah amazing what do you attribute the success to I think um, I think it was a really transformative year for Greenwood, really. Mm. The wheels were set in motion in 2021 where the CEO, Glenn, he changed um, the course of the business really from an owner-led business and decided to bring in a management team uh, just to grow the business, professionalize it. And last year, we really, really developed and crystallized what our strategy was going to be, how we were going to achieve it. We really brought sustainability into the fore of our corporate values and what we wanted to achieve. So everything just really came together in a cohesive um, approach. And I think that's really delivered our success over the last year. Yeah, amazing. And how does that management team work? Are they, have you all got your own responsibilities? Yeah, we do. We do. So it's still forming, you know, as the company um grows the needs of, of what we each need to do flexes as well so we're quite flexible with the whole thing but yeah for example I was brought in with a major sales and marketing focus I'm from a commercial background and that was kind of my mandate uh, we've then got kind of finance we've got um, operations and commercial and production so it was all about ensuring that the, the business is set up for future success and really kind of created a five-year growth strategy and and thankfully the first year has worked really well and now we're part way through the second we'll come on to kind of more of that five-year plan um a little bit later on i also wanted to talk about greenwood's kind of initiative to going peat free and in december um just last year december 2022 Greenwood was potting one in four plants in peat-free compost. Um, You've got plans to be 100% by the end of this year, correct? We do. Okay, so how is it going? It's going well. I mean, it's going really well. So Mm. now three out of our six nurseries are completely peat-free. We've got a huge um, potting focus on at the moment. You can imagine at this time of year, everything we're potting is being potted in peat-free. So it's progressing really, really well. It's not been without its challenges, though. I'm going to be totally candid about that. Yeah. It was a really, really big decision for the business. We debated it very, very heavily at the start of last year. Um, and the feeling was we needed to be completely committed to it or it just wouldn't work because it's complex, it's difficult, um, you know, it brings in different ways of growing. Mm. We decided that we needed to be completely on board with it and committed to it for it to work and and so we just had to jump in with both feet and that's what we've done really but it has been there have been challenges definitely we've got to re-educate ourselves yeah absolutely re-educating is so important um what are some of those challenges that you have faced and and how have you kind of re-educated yourselves and moved 
move forward with them? I think, you know, there are a lot of horticulturalists in this business and they've been growing things in a certain way very, very successfully um, for quite a period of time. This now requires recalibration of their thinking. We've got to learn all over again um, the different plant uh, growing needs, maintenance needs, water and irrigation is a really, really big topic. You know, peat-free has different uh, water holding levels than peat-based growing media. That's a massive change. Um, type of fertilizer, kind of how well they absorb nutrients and at what point in the growing cycle that they're needed. So all of that needs replanning, rethinking through and retesting, really. So it sounds like the change is all about the growing media, which, of course, it is at the start. Mm. But actually, the bigger change is about how we cultivate and grow our plants that's where the real resetting of the mindset comes in and kind of that's what we're going through at the moment yeah and are there any plants in particular that have are most challenging yeah i mean there are definitely <laughs> there are definitely a handful um which are always going to be an issue or, mm. or perhaps a long you know need a long-term solution um so anything ericaceous you know there are certain varieties that that just don't seem to take it as well yeah but they're in the minority and I think if we focus on what we're trying to do is focus on the majority and getting a stable sustainable successful um, growing regime in place for them then we'll just have to spend more time more resource on tackling the really really challenging ones and just just take them on one by one I think yeah so with, with all those challenges in mind, and, and you talked about that debate you guys were kind of having when you were deciding whether just fully to go for it or not, what made, what kind of pushed you over the edge and, and made you guys decide, no, we have we have to do this? Is it just the way that the kind of the world is moving? I think so. We felt really strongly that, that it was coming, that mm. there would be a change in legislation and it was a matter of time. And then we looked at the size of our production um, organization and thought wow this is a huge thing to turn around you know this is this is a massive undertaking and that's why people are so emotional about the whole topic as well uh, and we just decided we looked at kind of our values we felt we wanted to be a really sustainability led business given our industry and our interest we felt it was the right thing to do um and we just committed to it so it, it was a really big decision you know there are cost implications there are staff training and education implications, even going up the supply chain, you know, after having to renegotiate with suppliers you might have worked with for many years yeah. to change their ways of working. It's, it's challenging, but we just felt really strongly it was coming and that we had to get in front of the change if we were going to be successful with it. Was there a push from any of your clients for you guys to make the change? No, no, I don't. I don't think they would. I think conversationally, people are very intrigued by the topic. Okay. They're interested in the topic. And what we've seen across the industry is sort of niche pockets of, of real interest. Mm. I think, you know, I said to you at the start of um, our discussion, our end client um, is the house builders, but we supply to the landscape contractors. I think the house builders now, with all the incoming legislation and changes of regulations, I think they are becoming increasingly interested in yeah, peat-free. So, so it's just a case of 
making sure that everyone in that supply chain has the same values. And I think our clients are, are definitely um, becoming more and more interested in it. Every time we communicate, every time we talk about our trials, every time we do a tour here, mm. they're increasingly interested in what we're doing um, and if it's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your kind of insights into that movement. And speaking about Greenwood Sustainability, you won Oh, you were named Sustainable Business of the Year 2022, which is amazing. So last year was a great year for you guys. <laughs> what are some of your initiatives around sustainability, including that kind of peat-free? Yeah, we, we've tried to tackle the topic wholeheartedly, really. So we have a whole sustainability plan. It touches all different aspects of the business. There are three main components to our approach. The first one is about growing greener. So it's everything around the growing process, what we use, what we do operationally day to day. The second element is about G-Cycle. This is our wooden packaging and now plastic pot recycling scheme. And then the third element is around Greenwood community. And that's about kind of giving back to communities and community organizations to make sure that we can create nice spaces that offer well-being benefits that people can benefit from. So we've really thought about those elements and what we want to invest in and some of the changes we've made. They've been really quite significant ones, actually. And yeah, we've set ourselves some really clear targets, like ultimately we're trying to move towards becoming net zero. Yeah, We'd like to be 100% water self-sufficient, 100% peat-free, 100% renewable energy usage, achieve recycling rates of 90%, and do at least, you know, 24 Greenwood community projects a year. Um, so, yeah, we've tried to be really, really singular with our focus. And actually, it's working quite well for us. We're not there yet, not by any stretch of the imagination. But year on year, we're increasing our water self-sufficiency. We're just having a new enormous um, water tank installed at Highly, oh, wow. <laughs> one of our larger nurseries. Um, we're in the middle of converting over to bringing solar power into some of our nursery sites as well. So we're less reliant on any mains power. We are steadily increasing our G cycle recycle rate, but also things kind of around the nursery. You know, we've switched to electric vehicles from our diesel vehicles trying to reduce the amount of single plastic. So we've provided everyone on the nursery with the reusable water bottles. They don't have to bring in single-use water bottle plastics for recycling all the time. So, yeah, it's been quite a top-to-bottom approach, really. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you've kind of looked at every different element there. You recently launched Greenwood Choice as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about this? What what are your ambitions for it? Sure. So Greenwood Choice is our trade sales outlet and it's here on our Fresh Acres nursery site. And this was born out of our clients, some of our clients wanting same day collection um, and also consultation service. So lots of them might be doing show homework. They want to come in, see what's looking good today what they can take away maybe get a bit of advice for group planting or specific schemes um so yeah it's worked really really well and we're, we're really happy with how it's progressing it's an important part of the business definitely and it, i imagine you've had great feedback as well from that we have we have um it's taken has taken some months actually to get to get a bit more traction to really get our clients aware of what we're offering but now it's mm. really up and running and yeah i think they're they're receiving the benefit of it Oh, fantastic. 
So as we mentioned at the very start of the podcast, you recently became a managing director. And before that, you were doing sales and marketing as the director. How long were you in that role for? Um, So I joined Greenwood last February, February 22. Um, So I was sales and marketing director for most of the year. And we had a kind of conversation in the new year about whether I'd be open to increased responsibility and a new role, um, which I delightedly was. Um, so yeah, so I joined the business and was here around about a year, got to know the business, got to know the G team, exactly what our strategy was, what we were going for. And and yeah, and then was offered this amazing new opportunity, which I'm really delighted to be doing. And as well as the sustainability initiatives we've already spoken about, what are some of your ambitions for Greenwood Plants? Where do you kind of want to take it in the next five years or four years? I, I know you're a year into that five-year plan already. It's such, honestly, Rachel, it's such an exciting business. It's really dynamic. It's really agile. Um, And everyone in the business has great ambitions for it and wants to do really well. So it's a really exciting environment to be in. We we do have um, an ambitious growth plan over the next five years. And that involves building the business, building the client base, you know, strategically becoming far more national with our outlook also a bit of a European perspective so there are just so many exciting opportunities for Greenwood and we are transitioning through that change really really well so far but we have great plans great plans to expand Watch this space then exactly <laughs> I know a huge passion of yours is also championing and supporting other women in our industry. And one way you're doing this is through Women in Horticulture UK. How did you become involved in that group? So I received um, an email from Melanie Wood, actually one of the founding members of Women in Horticulture, a few months ago, explaining what the group was for and whether I'd like to be a founding member of it. And I just thought it was a brilliant idea and that, yeah, I'd absolutely be delighted to be involved. There just aren't as many networking opportunities as I think you might get in other industries. Mm. Our industry feels quite disparate, that we're all really spread out doing great things, but doing it quite separately. And I think it was a great thing to suggest a kind of women's networking um, group. Yeah, absolutely. And we're also desperate to share all of our ideas, aren't we? Definitely. And you and I both attended that first first group at Whiston and it was fantastic you know you you know that there's loads of talent in the sector but it's great to have an opportunity to meet people face to face and learn a bit more about what they're doing in the industry how they're contributing what their challenges may be and yeah I thought it was a really productive and interesting forum and I'm a massive supporter of that going forward. Yeah absolutely it's exciting to see what will come of it personally what do you hope will become of it? I hope it becomes something that's really credible and really useful for people. Um, Getting the balance right so that people think it's a good forum to invest time and energy into Mm. uh, and actually helps one another progress what we're trying to achieve. I think that's that would be the best outcome. And I can't see any reason why we wouldn't achieve that. No, absolutely. Not with all, all these great women getting involved. Absolutely not. The last question we always ask our guest is what plant would you take to a desert island? So with the top 350 <laughs> plants to pick from now, you've got quite a big pool of plants to pick from. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> well, 
I'm not exactly answering your question, but my what I'm going to answer with is my favourite plant, which would be no use on a desert island whatsoever. That's okay. It doesn't need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going for a hypothetical. My favourite plant, which I'm absolutely obsessed with, is a Brunora macrophylia jack frost. And we've got some here on the nursery and they are the most beautifully delicate um, herbaceous plants and I'm absolutely in love with them they're just stunning and and for a plant that has such beautiful foliage you just don't need the flower Mm. you know that's really saying something but absolutely my favorite brilliant brilliant thank you so much Mal for coming on the podcast we really appreciate it and it was so interesting to hear um, all of Greenwood's plans we'll look forward to hearing more about them in the coming years I'm Rachel Forsyth and this has been the Horticulture Week podcast. Make sure you never miss one. Subscribe or follow Horticulture Week podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or your preferred podcast platform. If you are interested in producing a podcast with Horticulture Week, email us at hortweek at haymarket.com. Huge thank you again to Mel and goodbye for now. 